Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. We last year started going through our code, which is what we believe as a church. And I just want to quickly remind us, we went through, we have 12 of our codes, which is just pretty much who we are as Celebration Church, what we believe, um, and all of that. So we did six last year, and we're going to start up. This is the first time that we're starting it again with the other six, remaining six. So I just want to quickly go through them that we've already covered last year. Again, these are all on our website. So if ever you want to download our podcast, they're all still available for you. So just go to celebrationchurch.com.au, and there's a link to all of our webs, uh, all of our podcasts there. So. Number one was we are all about Jesus. Number two, we are blessed to be a blessing. Number three, we are revival. Number four, we are faith people. Number five, we are innovators. Number six, we love people. And then this morning we are going on to the second part of our code series with code number seven. And it's going to come up on the screen and we're going to read it out together, church, because I think that that's powerful. So the code is we are Bible people. Amen. Oh my gosh. So let's read this together. Ready? One, two, three. So we believe that the Bible is God's Word and that it has the power to transform lives. It is the foundation and authority for everything we do. We love the Word of God. Amen and amen. It's so good. And honestly, church, I mean, Benai will tell you, like the Word of God, and he asked me, he said, do you want to preach on Sunday? I was like, yeah, awesome. I started preparing this and I was like, there is so much in the Word of God that I was like, whoa. It's And, and this morning, like, you know, please don't come and see me afterwards and say, oh, you didn't talk about this. You didn't talk about this because I really struggled because I was like, you could talk for hours and hours upon the beauty and the depth and the truth and the wisdom that is found within the Word. So this morning, church, my goal is that you would just be refreshed when it comes to the authority and the beauty of God and that you will walk away going, I need to read the Word, that you will walk away from this place going, I want to get into the Word. I want to digest some of that goodness. So that's my goal. I know I'm not going to be able to touch on everything, um, but I am going to go through 10 things that I think um, the Word of God does, um, and then hopefully that will bless you. So I really believe if you're a Christian in this place, you can't have relationship with God if you're not reading the Word. And that's a really big statement. But I think that the Word is it's Him. It's his, It's the essence of who He is. It's His story. It's His story of love for us. It's a story of redemption with Jesus. And so I think when we're looking at the Word, people can say, oh, it's, you know, it's a really old, outdated book. But I believe that we can't have a flourishing relationship with God if we don't love the Word, if we're not spending time in the Word, if we're not getting to know God through the Word. Because for me, I mean, I use it like for Benara and I, so we're married. If I never let Benaiah speak ever and all I did was hang out with him, I would still get to know him. I would be able to watch him. I would be able to watch his mannerisms. I'd be able to watch what he likes to eat, what he likes to watch on TV. But if he never spoke, 
there is a limitation to our relationship. So I would only get to know what I saw and what I observed, but I wouldn't get to know his heart, who he is, what he likes, what he dislikes to the full extent if I'm not letting him speak, if we're not having a conversation. And I believe that that's the same with the Word of God when it comes to the Word of God in our lives. You can come to church, we can worship, you know, you can even sit with him and pray and have conversations with him. But if you're not opening the Word, your relationship is going to be limited because the Word is, again, like I said, it's the depth of who He is. It's His heart. It's it's His heart towards mankind. It's His heart towards our lost city. It's His heart when He sent Jesus. So I think that the Word is so important. And as a church, that's why we put it as one of our codes. Whenever anyone comes up here and speaks, they always bring it back to the Word of God. And honestly, this morning, church, I, my words have absolutely nothing on the Word of God, like nothing. And I really believed that when I was preparing this, I was talking to the Holy Spirit about it. I felt like He said, my Word will speak for itself. So His Word will speak for itself. So this morning, I do have lots of Scriptures, but that's okay. But I want you guys to, again, just be refreshed and be opened afresh to the Word of God and what that means in your life. So what does the Word of God do? It equips us. So we're going to have the Scriptures on the screen. So 2 Timothy 3.16 to 17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed, and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. For every good work. I know sometimes that we go through seasons and we go through situations when we say to God, I feel so ill-equipped to deal with this situation. Or I don't know what's in my hands, God. I don't know how to, how to face what's in front of me. You know, the Word of God equips you for every situation. It says that it equips you for every good work. And I love that we are so blessed in this day and age that we have access to the Word of God like we never have before. Pastor Joel was just sharing um, some statistics with me. So with the Bible app on your phone on version, you know, in ten, the 10 years that it has been available, it has been installed 340 million times, 70 billion chapters have been read, 12 billion audio chapters have been listened to, 130 million plans have been completed, and 1.3 billion verses have been shared on social media through version. So in our day and age, we have the tool in our hand of the Word of God It's at our fingertips and it is there to equip us. It is there to be accessed for every good work. I love that it says that it's God breathed. It's His idea. But church, if you're feeling like you're in a situation where you don't understand, you feel like, you know, you're in a situation where you don't have the resources, go to the Word of God. Go to the truth of the Word of God because it says that He equips us. The next thing is it brings correction and conviction. It brings correction and conviction. So it's so funny, I think, when some when people... Oh, well, I, I'll just say, I sat with... Um, I have this beautiful mentoring group. So our intern girls um, that are interning here out on Mondays, I'm mentoring them. And I, I said to them last week, I said, we can sit with God and sometimes brush over the things that we don't want to talk about. So sometimes when we spend time with God, we can sit with Him and we can pray about things. But you know there's things in your heart and there's, you know that there's things that you don't deal with. But with the Word of God, 
it brings correction and conviction. And so when you read the Word of God, I really believe that when we read it, we need to be challenged and we need to be changed. It's not something that we should ever look at and go, oh yes, thanks God, I'm perfect, thank you, and then walk away feeling like fine and dandy. I think that there's sometimes when we go to the Word of God and you go, oh, that hits something in me. That makes me feel like, do you know what? I need to change that mindset. I need to change the way that I'm thinking. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the Word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I remember when I was younger, when I was a younger Christian, I used to read that and thought that that verse was meant for non-believers. So I used to read that and think like, yeah, when I speak the Word, you know, it cuts through their soul and it judges them. And, And then the more that I grow in my relationship with God and the more that I grow in my humility and my maturity, I realized, you know what? That verse is for me every single day of my life. When I read it and go, oh, I'm sorry, God, I'm not up to scratch. Or there's that area of my life that you want to change and you want to transform. Don't be afraid of being judged in your thoughts and your attitudes of your heart when it comes to the Word of God. Because it says that it is alive and it is active. And when we sit with God and when we open up His Word, it should bring correction. It should bring a deeper level of conviction in us where you go, no, do you know what? That is what I believe. And it confirms things in you as well. So it needs to sharpen, it needs to challenge, and it needs to inspire The Word of God, its job is to change us and transform us into the likeness of Jesus. The next thing is it gives direction. So Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your Word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. It's so beautiful. The Word is constantly pointing us to Jesus, the Father and the Kingdom. And I think in our world, church, there can be so much noise. There can be so much opinion There can be so much, I guess, thought and and what your life is supposed to be and the direction that you're supposed to take. But I love that the Word of God is steadfast and I love that it doesn't chop and change. I love that it's something where it is constantly pointing us to Jesus, the Kingdom and the Father. And if you're ever in a point, church, where you need direction for your life, the Word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. And it will always show you what the main thing is. We say, let's keep the main thing thing, the main thing. Again, it will always come back to Jesus. And I love that. There's so many times when I've needed direction for my life and I've gone to the Word, even not necessarily maybe even big decisions or things where I've been, you know, it's like life changing, but even simple things where I've been sitting with someone and they've been telling me like the hardships of their life and I need direction on how to counsel them and how to love them. You go back to the Word of God and even in those moments, you know, the Word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. And even the simple thoughts of remembering that it's about love and it's about Jesus in those moments, even when it hasn't been the biggest decision of my life. But just in those simple moments, it brings direction and it gives me clarity. The next thing is, it is our food, our sustenance, and it's what keeps us alive. So Matthew 4 verse 4 says, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the Word is something that's supposed to nourish your spirit. 
We say, you know, you are what you eat in like the natural sense. So if you eat a burger, you're a burger. No. So you are what you eat. When it comes to spiritually, that's exactly the same. You are what you eat. When you eat from the Word of God and when you sit down and you digest, it nourishes and it feeds your soul. I know, and Benaya would tell you, when I don't spend time in the Word, I definitely get stale and crusty. <laughs> I am definitely not the best person of that I'm called to be because you then start to allow thoughts, stress, opinions, your to-do list, what you have to, and you get so focused on that. But when you come back to the Word of God and you allow yourself to be nourished and fed and actually refreshed by it, then that's what comes out of you. I want to challenge us, church, when it comes to even what comes out of our mouth, what comes out of our interactions with people. How do people see us? Do people know that you're feeding on the Word of God? Can people look at you spiritually and say, do you know what? That person is feeding off the goodness of God. That person is sitting with God and digesting His Word. May we be a church that's not just full of hot air, May we be a church that's just not full of opinion or judgment or anything like that, but everything comes back to the truth of the Word and that when people are around us, they know that that's our life source, that that is something that we cling to and we hold on to. Amen? So the Word makes us fruitful. This is really cool. This is a message version. I think we've got it up on the screen. So the Word makes us fruitful. How well God must like you. This is Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. You don't hang out at sin salon. You don't slink along dead end road. You don't go out to smart smart mouth college. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. You're a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf and always in blossom. I love this. I absolutely love this. And I love this version of it, the way that it says, you don't slinkle on dead end road. You don't go to smart mouth college, but you thrill on God's word and you chew on scripture day and night. And then I love that the repercussion of that, it talks about that we chew on scripture and we meditate on scripture, that then the result of that is that you're a tree planted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month always in season, never dropping a leaf. I love that. You become fruitful when you chew on God's Word because it's the foundation and the authority of everything that we do. In your life, if you want to see success, if you want to be fruitful in your finances, go back to what the Word of God says. What does the Word of God say when it comes to how we're called to be blessed to be a blessing, when we're called to be the head and not the tail, when we're called to lend to many nations but borrow from none? What does the Word say if you want to be fruitful in your marriage, how it says, you know, Husbands submit, wives submit to your husbands and husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. If we want to be fruitful in our relationships, what does it say about laying down your life for your brother? And the greatest way is to love. What does it say? I think that sometimes we can overcomplicate it. And the thing is, like I said, we have access. The Word of God is so accessible and it's so good and it's so truth. And I love that that's His promise. When we sit, when we chew on His Word. Fruit flows from that because everything that we are should be so centered and so foundational on the Word of God. The way that we live our life, the way that we're generous, the way that we have relationships with people. If you want a fruitful life, bury yourself Chew on the Word of God. Get in there. Flesh it out. Pull it apart. 
that's when you'll start to see fruit because that's when conviction will be made in your heart. That's when correction will be brought. That's when you'll be sharpened. And then that's when you can live out a fruitful life. I love that. One of the ways that I've, I've seen this is, and some of you have heard this story before, but with our house, when we were believing for a house in Jesus' name, we declared that scripture over and over that we are called to be the head and not the tail. We are called to lend to many nations and borrow from none. And we declared that and we believed that and that became a conviction of our life. And then the result of that, that was we got a house. God blessed us with a house. And so I just challenge us that if there's things that we're believing for, imagine if we got the revelation from the Word of God and we actually allowed that to change us, that then that was the thing that we were waiting for to see the fruit come into bearing. Does that make sense? The next thing is it protects. This is so good. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm rushing through. There's a lot. There's two that I really want to get to at the end. All of this is good, but... So it protects. The Word of God protects. So we've got Proverbs 30, verse 5 and 6. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Do not add to His words or He will rebuke you and prove you a liar. So every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. You know that the Word helps to guard your heart and your mind. When you know the truth of the Word, and I'm going to talk about it in a, in a second about how it reminds us of who we're called to be, but so often we come up against situations in our life and, and we feel like we don't have the answers. But if you know the truth of the Word of God, you can use that to counteract the enemy, to counteract the lies and to say, do you know what? This is what the Word of God says. And you use that to guard your heart and your mind. If evil comes against you, whether it's, you know, it might be a situation that you're up against, you can declare the Word of God and that can protect. You can declare, do you know what, God? You are a shield. You are my shield. You are my fortress. I take refuge in you and I hide in you. And I think that again, well, we bring it back to it's part of the armor of God as well. In Ephesians 5, or sorry, 6, verse 15, it says that our feet are fitted with the gospel of peace. It's part of the armor of God. It's part of the thing that we need to use to protect us. We're not we're not called to go into battles and fight on our own accord, but our God fights for us. And another way that He fights for us and protects us is through the truth of His Word. I love that. And again, the next point is the Word is truth. This verse is so good. Like, it's actually so good. <laughs> All of it's good. But I read this and was like, oh my gosh, God. I could just, I should have, could have just taken that one, this one scripture and just, anyway. So we've got Psalm 19, verse 7 to 10. So the word is truth. So the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold and much more pure than gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. Don't you love that verse? Oh my gosh, like just looking at that about the Word of God, I love that it goes through and it says, refreshes the soul, makes wise the simple, giving joy to the heart, giving light to the eyes. 
This is all what is in your hands, church. This is all what's on your phone. It's so accessible. It's not this far out, crazy thing that we have to try and attain to. God's given us His Word. And these are the things that His Word does. And I love that. I love that the law of the Lord is perfect. His Word is perfect. It's full of amazing things and it refreshes the soul. It makes you wise. It gives joy to your heart. It gives light to your eyes. If you need any of those things, church, if you need to be refreshed, if you need to be wise, if you need to be joyful, if you need light in your eyes, go and read the Word. It is all there and it is for you and it's so accessible. And when I was just preparing this, when I'm talking about the Word is truth, I just felt like I needed to remind whether all of you or some of you, that you know part of His Word and part of the truth of His Word is that we have the victory. And I felt specifically to remind us of that. You know, church, we're not scrounging around in the dirt, trying to claw our way up to the next. You know that we have the victory and that is the truth of His Word. We read that in Psalm 19, what He says about His Word. Part of that is that we have the victory. And I just want to read to us, it's not going to be on the screen, um, but some, oh no, 1 John 5, you can write it down, you can read it later. 1 John 5 verse 3, this is the truth. And someone in this place needs to hear this this morning to remind you, you're not downtrodden, you're not weak, you're not forgotten, you're not trying to fight your battles alone and feel like you're losing. You have the victory in Jesus' name. And 1 John 5 verse 3 says, in fact, This is love for God to keep His commands and His commands are not burdensome for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. You will overcome the world. You have overcome the world. You are living in victory this morning, church. And this is the truth of His Word. If you look back on your week, were you living victorious? Or did you forget? Did you forget the truth of His Word, that He has called you to be an overcomer? Not just called you to be an overcomer, but you are an overcomer in Jesus' name. You are somebody who has the victory through Christ Jesus. You are not the tail. You are the head. And someone in this place needs to be reminded reminded of that. And this is the truth of His Word. We're talking about that we are Bible people, that we believe, what was it? That we believe that the Bible is God's Word and it has the power to transform our lives. It's the foundation and authority for everything we do. The foundation of everything we do is that the Word is truth. It's not added to, we don't don't pick and choose what we want, it is truth. And the truth of His Word stands today that you have the victory. So I speak that out, God, to whoever needs to hear that, you have the victory in Jesus' name. The next thing the Word does is that it reminds us of the impossibilities of God and it reminds us of our mission. Like I said, we can't, I can't anyway sit with God and sit with His Word and not be reminded that it is all about salvation and it is all about redemption and it is all about people finding and accessing the love of God and who they are in God and their identity. I can't sit with my Word open. And even though I'm being transformed and even though for me personally I might be changing I can't sit with God and then just be inward focused and think, oh, well, then God, it's obviously all about me. It's obviously all about just, you know, what's going on. I'm just going to shut myself away from the world and never talk to anyone about you because it's just all about our little world and what we've got going on. 
every time I sit with God, and this is just personally, every time I sit with God, He reminds me of the bigger picture. His Word is constantly pointing me to the bigger picture of our world, what our mission is and the impossibilities of God and what He is capable of. And I don't have a definite scripture for this because when I was trying to pick one, I was like, it's just all of Jesus' life. Jesus' life is from Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, even other, you know, the Old Testament verses about Jesus. That all just shows us what our mission is, what we're called to do in this world, what we're called to see happen. Jesus healed the sick. He saved sinners. He forgave the reckless. He sat with the wretched and the the worst of the worst and he loved them. He declared the kingdom of God. That's our mission, church. And I think the Word and the Bible, this is why it's such a core value for us, is that it reminds us. It reminds us of what God can do. Sometimes we're not necessarily seen in our lifetime, you know, people being healed on the spot, but why not? Jesus did. It's in the Word. It happened. The same Holy Spirit, I think Benaiah spoke on it last week, the same Holy Spirit that they had in Acts is the same Holy Spirit that we have today. So why do we forget? That's why it's so important for us to read the Word, because it reminds us of the impossibilities of God and our mission. I love this. This is a quote from Bill Johnson. When Jesus performed miracles, he wasn't demonstrating what God can do, but he was demonstrating what God can do through a man. It is unnatural for Christians not to have an appetite for the impossible. I love that. When Jesus performed miracles, he wasn't demonstrating what God can do, but what God can do through a man. It is unnatural for Christians not to have an appetite for the impossible. How can we read our word, church? How can we read what Jesus did and think, oh, it was just for then? It was just, it was just for Jesus. He showed us, and I love that he says, and I'm going to read, well, it's in John 14, verse 12. He says, greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. Jesus commissioned us. He told us it is in the word plain and simple. We're supposed to be his hands and feet. We're supposed to be doing miracles. We're supposed to be seeing people saved, healed, set free, encountering the love of God. And if you've forgotten that, maybe you need to read the word. Maybe you need to get into your word again. I love this. It says Jesus didn't go through all of his suffering so that we could go to church. He did it so that we could atone for sin. And by doing so, he made it possible to raise up a new breed of world changers. Those who would maintain the standard that he set in love, purity, power. This reality is one of the great prophecies that Jesus spoke. Greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. Not only does Jesus' life compel us to follow the miracle worker, so do his promises. Jesus' whole life... Everything that he went through for us wasn't so we could sit in church. It wasn't. It's part of us having community, having family, having a church that we can come to, get encouraged, get empowered, get built up, do life together 100%. But his main goal, his main mission was to see heaven on earth, was to see people encounter the love of God and find salvation and find healing and be set free. He set a standard for us, church. And sometimes we forget, but that's why the word is so good because it reminds us. He set this standard in love, purity, and power. And that honestly is so challenging, even for me when I look back at my week and I think, Jesus, 
everything that you did, your love, the way that you encounter people, the way that you talk to people, have I been a good representation of you in my week? And maybe I've forgotten, maybe I need to come back to the truth of the Word of God. But I love that the Word reminds us, our mission church is to see revival. And Benaiah said it before, that is, has always been in our hearts and what we believe that we're called to be as a church, to see our city saved. I mean, even in this building, let's be real. Can I be real for a second? I'm going to. We look at who we've got here. Incredible, incredible family. Benaiah and I love you guys so much. But how many people are in our city? What? I don't know. Does anyone know? Pastor Joel, do you know how many people are in? 102,000. There is 102,000 people in our city. And yes, there's other churches that have other people. I'm not saying, you know, we're the only Christians in the city. But I I know there's other people that go to church. But there's 102,000 people that need the love of God that need to be reminded that they are called and they are chosen, that they're not a failure, but they have a plan and a purpose for their life. They need to be reminded that the Word of God is there for them to read and hear the love story about a father who gave away his all so that he could embrace them. Our city, 102,000 people, church, need to be in this building or in a church or encounter you in their workplaces so that they can be reminded that their mission and their life is not called to be small and focused on the ground and focused on, you know, poverty and what's going on and whatever else they're going through, but they're called to live a fruitful, flourishing life. Our God came so that we could see this church and we are so passionate about seeing this. We are so passionate because it is the Word of God. Jesus didn't just sit in a room with his disciples. He didn't just sit in there and he didn't just talk to them all the time. He didn't. He had his disciples, 100%. He still taught them. He still trained them. But he taught them and trained them through going out and loving the world and seeing healings and seeing salvations and sitting with the prostitutes, sitting with the tax collectors, going to the demon-possessed man and casting it out. So we will have our group. We will have our family. But let's not just sit. Let's not just be here. And I know it's your heart as well. And I'm just encouraging and reminding us of Fresh Church that we are called to be Jesus. We are called to be reminded about the impossibilities of our God and our mission is to see salvation and revival and healing and everything. It's everything that Jesus did, that's what we're called to do. The next thing it does, the Word gives us wisdom. Oh, my Word, I need more wisdom. Anyone say amen? (laughs) I definitely do. And Psalm 119, Psalm 119 is a very, very long psalm and it talks about the Word all through it. It talks about the decrees of God all through it. So I'm just picking out a chunk here, but go and read Psalm 119 because it is so full of talking about the goodness of God's Word. So I'm just going to look at um, verse 97 and 106. It says, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all of my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I may obey your word. 
I have not departed from your laws, for yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous law. I love that. I love that it says that your commands make me wiser than my enemies and your insights make me have, well, sorry, and I have insight more than all of my teachers because I meditate on your statutes. I love that the Word of God gives you wisdom. And if in your place and you, in this place and you need some wisdom, whether it's with decision making, whether it's with how to govern your family well, whether it's how to, you know, do your job well, whether it's business, get into the Word. The Word gives you wisdom. And I love that. I definitely need more wisdom in my life. And I love that when we meditate on it, it gives us understanding beyond maybe even our years, maybe our circumstances or experience. But the Word of God, if you let it to transform your life, gives you wisdom. It's so good. And then the last one is it reminds us of who we're called to be and the promises of God over our lives. And this is coming into, if, if you missed last week, like um, we did our Vision Sunday for 2019 and Benaiah shared that we believe that this is a year of godly confidence and it's a year of knowing who we are and what we bring as individuals and as a church and that we're called to roar into 2019. And I love this and we're actually going to read through it. Matthew 4, let me just get it up. Oh, it's up there. Awesome. I can just read off that. I didn't have it in my notes. So this is so good because when we're talking about, but I talked about it last week, about how sometimes the enemy will come and challenge us. Did God really say? And he was talking specifically about in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. But I love that Jesus is our example. Amen. His life is the one that we follow. And I love that he experienced this. You know, everything that we go through, Jesus overcame it for us and that this is a clear example of when we're challenged with who we are and what we bring, that we can overcome. And this is an example with Jesus in Matthew 4 verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell those stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. I love that Jesus experienced this first for us so that we know how to overcome. When the devil comes and challenges you and says, did God really say or are you really? 
says, if you're really the son of God and Jesus was steadfast and he used the word, you know, the word of God, the reason why it's such a foundation for our life is because it reminds us of who we're called to be. And it has the promises of God, the truth of the promises of God. So that this year, church, if the enemy comes to you and says, did God really say, or are you really? You have the word of God to say, no, do you know what? This is what God says about me. This is what I declare. I love that Jesus was challenged by who he was and he just used the word every time, every time he went back to the word. He didn't try and argue. He didn't try and prove himself. He didn't try, you know, puff his chest and say, who do you think you are, devil? I'm like, he just, word of God, word of God, word of God, word of God, to the point where the enemy had to flee. Do you get that church? Every time something comes against you time and time again, all you need is the Word of God. Word of God, Word of God. Not this is what God says. This is who I am. This is what the Word says. This is the truth of the Word. Over and over and over and over again. And the enemy can't stand. He has to flee because he knows it's truth. And so when we're talking about 2019 being a year of roaring, having a godly confidence, you can't get a godly confidence if you're not in the Word. Word of God. And if you're not meditating on it and letting it wash over you every single day to say, this is who I am. Our greatest resource is the Word of God. Whenever you think that you're not talented or smart enough, that you don't have enough resources or support, that you should lower your expectation, return to what God's Word tells you. You know, the Bible declares that you can do all things through Christ, that you are more than a conqueror, that you're a child of the living God, that you are loved, that He provides all your needs according to His riches in glory, that He calls you a mighty warrior, that He has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, that you are surrounded by a great cloud of witness, witnesses, that you, He will never leave you or forsake you. And this is just some of the truth, church. This is just such a small percentage of what is all in the Word. But you can come and you can say, no, this is who I am. This is what I believe. This is what's truth. Remember, what is truth? God's word is truth. Never settle. Never settle for second best. Never lay down. Never just become familiar. And second guess what God has called you to do. Return to the truth of God. Knowing who you are and what you bring has to come from the word of God. When we know the word and we're in love with it, that's when we have confidence to roar into our situations and in our world. Because see, everything that I just said then, it equips us. It brings correction and conviction. It gives direction. It's our food, our sustenance, what keeps us alive spiritually. It makes us fruitful. It protects us. It is truth. It reminds us of our mission and the impossibilities of God. It gives us wisdom and it reminds us of who we're called to be and the promises of God over our life. You know, I can't know who I am and what I bring if I'm not in the Word. Because I can have a good opinion. Even I can listen to my husband encouraging me and say, you know, you're really good at that. But if I don't come back to the Word of God, the Word that is unshakable, that a Word that is so steadfast, that a Word that in every season, in every situation doesn't chop and change, but it is consistent. That is the Word that I need to come back to when I look at who am I and what do I bring? What does my God say over me? Yes, you can sit with God, you can worship Him, you can pray with Him and you can have an order, like, you know, a conversation with Him. But the power of the Word of God Church, if we understood what we had in our hands, and like I said, it's not, you know, inaccessible. It's not far off. It's not something that we have to try and work to get. You can download it. 
We can read it every single day. We have access to this truth, access to this power. What an incredible, incredible thought. How privileged are we? And again, I know that a lot of you already know this, but, you know, we have people that have fought so that we could have this type of access. We are blessed in a country where we can meet like this, when we can read the Word. You know, we know there's underground churches still in China. There's other places that don't have this freedom. We are so, so blessed. Let's never become familiar with what it means to open up the Word of God, to let it speak, to let it challenge, to let it convict us, but then to get the truth of what God's Word says. It's such an incredible privilege. And just in land, in finishing today, I just want you to remember, you need to roar the Word with your identity and everything else. Who you are in your family, in your workplace, with your friends, all of that should come back to the roar of the truth of the Word of God. You should be so passionate about what the Word says about you that if anything comes against you, you can do that. Just not the Word, the Word. This is what God says. This is what God says. This is what God says. And have it if you need to, you know, Start a Bible plan. If you struggle to read the Word of God, start a Bible plan. You can do it with friends. You can go into your connect group and say, you know what, I'm struggling to read the Word of God. Can you can you help me? Can you keep me accountable? If you need to, I remember Jen, beautiful Jen was my connect leader when I was in high school. And she used to say to me, write in lipstick on your mirror the Word of God, so that every time you wake up, it's there. Every time, whether you're driving, put it on your dashboard, the Word of God, whatever's going to help you remember. I know we're busy. I know our minds get fooled. But if we can try and make this something that not just as a church we believe that, but not that corporately, but personally, that it's something that you hold on to, that I'm a Bible person. I am not somebody who just has my own ideas or my own opinions, but I always come back to the Word of God the beauty and the authority of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. That's going to help us roar into 2019 when we know the Word of God and we know what the Word of God says about us in Jesus' name. So good. All right, I'll just get you to close your eyes, church. I'm just going to pray for us. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank You. We thank You that You have given us and provided us access to Your incredible, incredible Word. God, we thank You that it has the ability to transform us and to change us. And God, in this moment, I just want to take a moment for people that are believing lies about themselves that don't line up with Your Word. I want to take a moment right now, God, for the people in this place that when we say having a godly confidence and knowing who you are and what you bring, struggle to believe what your Word says about them. Father, I just pray for those people. I pray that in this moment, God, that your words of truth will ring true to them. Father, that we know that we can do all things through Christ. We know that we are more than a conqueror, that people will be reminded that they're a child of the living God, that they are loved, 
that You provide everything that we need according to Your riches in glory. I thank You, God, that this room is filled with mighty warriors, that He has a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. I thank You that this morning we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And I thank You the truth of Your Word, that You will never leave us and You'll never forsake us. God, we speak truth into identities this morning, truth of Your Word, God that You are calling us and You have chosen us for such a time as this. God, to see revival in the Shoalhaven. And God, I just pray right now in this moment that You'll start to stir people's hunger for Your Word. God, that it won't be something that they walk out of this room and leave unchanged, but God, that they would hunger, that they would get an un natural hunger for the Word of God. God, that they will just seek Your heart, seek Your truth, seek what You have for them. And God, that they will always come back to the truth of what is in Your Word. It will be a foundation that they set their lives upon. Father, I thank You that You're calling us as a church to rise up, that You're calling us to be a church on mission, to see to be Your hands and feet and to see revival in the Shoalhaven. And Holy Spirit, I pray again that You would encourage hearts in this place for people that have believed for a long time and haven't seen it. I ask Holy Spirit that you would start to stir faith again, that you would start to stir expectation again, that you would start to stir in their hearts the truth of the promises that you have for us, God, that Celebration Church would be a church that roars the Word of God in every season, in every situation, unapologetically, that we roar your truth, God, into our city, into our workplaces, God. We thank you, God, that we have access to your heart, to the depths of who you are by reading your Word, God. We thank you for that in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. I'll just get my husband to come up. I'll get you all to stand up, church. Is there anything that you want to say? Awesome. So good. So, so good. Like I said, if if you need help reading the Word, if I've, if, if I've shared anything that, you know, stirs your heart, talk to a Connect leader. If you're not in a Connect, come and talk to Nat and Kez, Joel and Alex. Come and chat to people that will be able to help you on your journey because we want to be a church that helps you flourish as well. Awesome. Can you pray for us as you send us out, husband? Who is blessed by that this morning? God is good. The Word of God is good. Why don't you just hold the hand of someone next to you or put your hand on their shoulder or we're going to pray over you uh, as we send you out this week. Uh, The blessing of God, the Word of God in Jesus' name. So let's do this. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you, Father, for your great blessing. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. And right now, Father, we pray a blessing over our church family. And Lord, we send them out this week in the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray for supernatural encounters. Lord, we pray for open doors this week, for favour, Lord, for provision this week. God, and I pray that Your Word this week would just be such a foundation for our lives, that we would be hunger, hungry and thirsty for more of Your Word, and that we would roar because we know who we are. In Jesus' powerful name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hey, if you want prayer, if you need any prayer support, come down after the service down the front. But hey, be blessed today. Go and say good day. Remember, Tom Herbert wants a really long hug for his birthday. Longer the better. In Jesus' name. Be blessed. In Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. 
If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.